You're listening to the Black Male Therapist Podcast with your host, Art Harris. Hey, welcome to another edition of the Black Male Therapist Podcast. I'm your host, Art Harris, licensed marriage and family therapist and school psychologist, breaking it down from the perspective of a black male. Hey, what's up, y'all, man? We don't have a lot to talk about today, but what we do want to talk about is that African history is black history. So when we're celebrating Black History Month, remember to celebrate African history also. Don't forget that African is a part of African American, and we do know... That's another term that um, has been used to describe us. That's not always true to our real names, but it's probably one of the healthier terms that we do have describing people of African ancestry who are here in America. And so um, lean into the American and the African side because it tells the complete story of us. Yo, man, speaking of history, do you know that Trayvon Martin would have been 26 years old today? February 5th today would have made young Trayvon Martin 26 years old. And if you don't remember, he was the young man, the teenager who was killed by a racist member of his community who got after him because he was wearing a hood in this neighborhood. I think young Trayvon had a pack of Skittles in his pocket. And if you remember, the case was public because he called the police told them that this man was in the neighborhood. The police told told him to stand down. A young Trayvon um, was attacked by this man and he defended himself and that coward pulled out a gun and killed a teenage boy. And so, yeah, he's he's not even in prison for that. He's not even in prison for that. I remember, um, when the president Barack Obama at that time talked about like, man, that could have been me or one of my kids, you know, and um, you could really feel the pain, not only in his voice, but in all of us who identify with young Trayvon Martin. And um, I just want to say the work is not over yet. We have so much work to do with race relations in America. And that's why later in today, I'm going to share the um, content that I put together talking about African history being a part of black history, because I think what's happening is we're doing a great job of talking about stuff since slavery. Um, but I don't think we are doing what we should do in accessing some of that harder content, some of that more painful content, and some of the historical truths, um, not only that got us to America and where we are today, but what happened before there. And so my theory is by enlightening each other on who we are as a people, I mean, people of African ancestry and connecting that humanity to the connection of humans around the world, my hope is that through time, the generations to come will be able to see us all as the human race instead of dividing us as much into different subgroups where one subgroup um, particularly people that are more melanated and of darker complexion, complexion are at the bottom of the social caste and feel the brunt of all the problems of society. And so we need to continue to spread truth. Um, we're still fighting for humanity. And what happens in humanity, we need to create more humane conditions for all people. And so hopefully this podcast will serve as a place where you can get some information or some support with trying to improve 
humanity and getting some good education and psychoeducation moving forward. You know, wow, there's so much going on, but there's only so much time. And so I'm going to take a quick break, play a commercial here or there, and then we'll come back and we're going to jump into the topic of the day related to African history being black history. You're listening to the Black Male Therapist Podcast. This section of the show is brought to you by the Acorns app. The best way to save your leftover money, your leftover loose change, whatever you need to do, it's the best way to get ahead and get started in the game. Just link your debit card and get started and watch as you get closer to your financial dreams. Start investing with Acorns today. Get $5 when you use my invite link for 8P9Z2. Just go to acorns.com backslash invite backslash 48P9Z2 to get your $5 to see where it takes you. You have nothing to lose but time. Hey guys, hey, it's Art Harris, school psychologist, licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm coming to you today to talk about what's happening in Black History Month. First of all, I want to give props and shout outs to everybody who has been doing their part to continue their education on Black history and to really talk about a lot of the amazing contributions of African Americans in the history of America and in the world. Um, and so today, I, I want to um, really say congratulations um, to those who are who have stepped out of their comfort zone and really tried to be a part of the conversation and be a part of the change. You know, my contribution today is to challenge people to also focus on that African side of African-American history, that um, side that existed before slavery. You know, it is great that we talk about people and experiences that happened since slavery. It's great that we talk about some of the heroes that have really stood up and um, tried to make a change and try to change the perspective of um, what people see of Black people in this world. But also remember, we existed before slavery. We existed before slavery in the colonies. We existed before slavery in America. We existed before slavery in Mexico. We existed before slavery in the Caribbean. We existed before slavery in Central America. We existed before our slavery in South America. We've existed before our slavery on the continent of Africa. We've existed before the slavery of the African people in the Arab um, world. We've existed before slavery in Asia. You see, we have a rich history that goes back over 200,000 years because you got to remember people say the first what we call humans existed back 200,000 years ago and so I would say those earlier forms of human might have a disagreement with you if you try to say that they weren't human enough you know well we don't know so some would say the existence of people and mankind may go back millions of years. And guess what? As African people, 
we were the first and only people here at that time. So our history goes back way before slavery, way before um, we interacted with anybody from outside of the continent. We were here. In fact, we were the ones who spread around the world. We we went to different places in Europe, in Asia, in um, the Americas, and we shared culture. We've shared things related to science, mathematics, agriculture, zoology, um, understanding spirituality systems, understanding family systems. We go back far in our history, and you could create a timeline of all the things we did, and you could do a timeline of everything related to African history and say that timeline was documented in a thousand page book, you got to remember slavery was start on page 999. And I get that from the great Tony Browder, who is one of the great people in talking about not just African-American history, but African history in general. And so we have to do the work of continuing to talk about the contributions of black people not just since slavery, but even before. We need to talk about the University of Timbuktu, where people came from all around the world by camel, by foot, by boat, to study at this institution in West Africa. We have to talk about the great Moors who used science of studying the stars to navigate and use those systems not only to navigate through the desert, but to navigate ships um, from Europe all the way out to the Americas. We have to talk about people who've done great things, people who have fought up and stood up against um, colonial domination and the imperial forces, people like Toussaint Louverture, who in Haiti helped um, beat down the French army and made Haiti a free place, a free country. You know, these things have happened, and They've happened all around the world. We have to talk about the samurai. The samurai, yes, the samurai. You know, they say you're not a true samurai unless you have African blood. What does that mean? That means that as African people, we've had an influence on cultures throughout the world, from Africa to Ireland. There are stories of black people, African people, having an influence on the culture. You can go to ancient Greece and learn about some of the great philosophers of that time. They're some of the great leaders of that time. And you see their theories related to triangles and science and philosophy and mythology systems. And you'll find a lot of them learned in in Egypt, you know, which is in Africa. Remember, Egypt is African. Egypt is a black place. Egypt is originally put together by people who came from Nile Valley civilizations who came up out of Africa and started the most advanced um, society of all time at one point. People were still in awe of some of the amazing things that were, that were done in ancient Egypt. And so we can't forget about these things. We can't forget about these people because this is the power and knowledge and science that is actually in our DNA. And it's up to us to go back and recover some of that lost memory. Again, I'm quoting Anthony Browder. And so I encourage you guys to read books like From the Browder Files. If you can't read the whole book, go on YouTube and Google somebody like Anthony Browder. I encourage you to read books like The Caste System uh, by Isabel Wilkerson, who talks about some of the 
structural racism and issues related to class and caste that um, slavery has um, kind of started, but it's really about a financial position that um, a lot of people are stuck in in America. She could tell you better than I can. Read a book. I encourage you to consider people like Sheikh Antidil, who talked about pre-colonial Africa and things that black people and Africans were doing and contributing to society before we had inter- any interaction with Western civilization. You know, we have a rich history. There are things that have happened with us before we've ever come across anybody from outside of the continent. We have done great things. We, I encourage you guys to read people like Chancellor Williams and the Destruction of Black Civilization. If you want to get a more fundamental approach to talking about some of the things that happened with African people and how we went from being the leaders of the world to um, being the target of hate and um, attacking the world. So, you know, we have to talk about the good and the bad. And remember, a lot of that history happened way before there was a United States of America. A lot of it happened way before those first colonists came on the the continent of Africa and um, created terms like Nigeria to describe the land where people were at. And so we have to talk about these things and don't be afraid to talk about slavery. Yes, slavery is tough. And yes, um, we have a history that existed before slavery, but we have to talk about it too. And we can't have a watered down approach. And if you want to do things like help your children um, have a better concept of why they should be better students and what are the odds stacked against them, talk to them about slavery, but also talk with them about what happened before slavery so they can see um, the whole purpose of Black History and Black History Month is to help us get a conceptualization of not only what we can be, but what we have been already and who are we right now. You see, um, history will repeat itself if people really don't know what happened. And it isn't all bad. It's a lot of bad that happened. It's a lot of horrible things and a lot of great people and great stories have come out of America since slavery, since the civil rights movement. Um, but our history doesn't begin in slavery and it doesn't end with George Floyd. Our history doesn't begin um, when those first Europeans came on the continent and it doesn't end in the civil rights movement. You know, it didn't end with the dream. And so I encourage you to dig deeper and to talk about Africa, teach our children about Africa, and not just the black children. We need everybody to understand so we could change the perception of people of African ancestry, and we could truly move forward and try to heal some of these ruined race relations. And so that's it for today on this topic. I could go on forever, but I'll stop. Um, But keep up the good work talking about black history, and I'm looking forward to hearing more from what others have to say on this topic related to Black history. Hey, you know, um, some people were um, talking to me and they're like, look, man, I feel so guilty about what my family has done in slavery. And I don't know what I can do to help out. I don't know what I can do um, 
because it's not my fault. I'm not the person who enslaved anybody. I don't know how much I benefit from it now. And um, one thing I said to those people were that there might be um, some family records or collections related to slavery. Grandpa or great-grandpa or great-grandma or great-grandmama may have some knowledge about where they actually got those slaves from, whether they got them from um, Africa or whether they got them from a tribe in the Americas. They might have some information that they've stored or kept for whatever reason and um, really kept a secret or kept away. You always hear of um, like old Nazis keeping... um, different things that they done to Jewish people during that time. You hear of um, old racists um, keeping um, symbols or different artifacts that they got from lynchings. And those things might still be in your family's possession. And one thing you might be able to do is put some of that information out publicly so not not to put out your family, but to help people of African ancestry that are trying to connect the dots to their past. We know so many people who go on Ancestry.com or the other things trying to really find out who they are, where they come from. But if you're African-American and slavery has been a part of your family history, what happens, you get to a certain point where you can't go any further because um, slave records weren't officially kept. You see, you don't officially keep um, documents of the crime that you committed, right? But what we do know is that some people have kept some type of oral history or some type of evidence to show where they might have got some of those slaves from. And so what I encourage you to is um, put that information out there. Find a way to release it publicly um, in a way to help those who are trying to uncover their past get some information. Um, And that might be a tough thing for you to do. That might be a tough pill to swallow to really... um, look into great-grandma's or great-grandpa's old chest under the bed and pull off some of those things that might be really hateful or disgusting to you. But in that, you might find something that might help somebody reconnect with that past. If you hear that alarm going off in the background, that means we touched a sensitive spot. That happens sometimes when we really look at ourselves and some of the things that our family has done, especially if you're in America. You know, it's not your fault to, it's not your fault what happened, but you can play a role in not just healing someone else, but in healing yourself. And we could call that restorative justice. You're listening to the Black Male Therapist Podcast. Hi, I'm Art Harris, school psychologist and licensed marriage and family therapist for those who don't know me. I'm recording this message um, as an attempt to talk about grief. I was asked to write something um, to teachers and students and families in order to talk about grief and how to deal with grief. But every time I sit down to write, I start thinking about all the people I know that died um, 
in 2020 alone. I, I, man, in November alone of 2020, it's been a crazy year. And of course, when we sit and we think about death and grief and all of our loved ones and ancestors, you know, it, it does make you feel a type of way. And and so I know what it's like to be experiencing loss. And so I wanted to share with you guys just some information to help have conversations about loss and just to maybe understand more about grief. I always think of old stories related to life and humanity. And one of the oldest stories I know of, it shares that before humans were ever here on the planet, it was just earth and energy or electricity. And out of that earth and electricity, um, humans and life was formed. And so when we die at some point, our bodies decompress and they go back to ashes. And that's why we say ashes to ashes and dust to dust. But what happens to that energy? You see in older stories that I've heard also in African traditions, that energy, that soul, that spirit that's in the person, that that person that once lived with you in the flesh is now with your ancestors in the in the spirit it's like they're here to guide you they're not really going we don't feel that the energy just dissipates and disappears but it connects with other life and energy that was here and we could pull from that energy and so when we think about those who we know who are dead and gone remember to say their names remember to lift them up remember that their wisdom and their guidance and their energy is literally still with you and so you don't want to forget the things that they said. You don't want to forget the things that they taught you. You don't want to forget the moments that made you laugh. You don't want to forget the moments that made you cry. Yes, we feel the pain of losing our loved ones. But remember to honor them because they are they are still a part of you. And so go back and get some of that um, laughter, some of that um, joy, even some of that pain that you share with them. And keep that in your life. And remember that when talking about grief and talking about dying, that everybody is not going to grieve the same. Everybody is not going to explain it the same. Everybody is not going to just go through these stages of grief that's been talked about. Some will go through all of the stages. Some will go through some. Some won't experience any at all. And so the five stages of grief that are commonly talked about include bargaining, anger, acceptance, depression, um, what I said, bargaining, anger, depression, acceptance, and denial. Yeah. Um, some people might go through these stages in a particular order. Some might not go through them at all. Um, but just remember, that's just one way to think about grief. And so you get to experience how you remember and honor your loved ones the way that works for you. Um, and remember with children that they're not necessarily going to grieve the same way that adults grieve. They're not necessarily are going to grieve the way that other children grieve. Typically what you find in kids is that they're, they're sad once they understand that death has happened, but they can't stay sad for like days on end. They have to go through a phase where they're playing and enjoying and running around with other kids and then the, the reality cooks in that oh man this person that I love is gone and so you can't expect them to respond to grief the same way you do and the best thing we can do for kids and adults is just 
be aware that that person has a loss. Try to offer support in any way you can, but understand that their ability to access that support or desire to access the support, it might not be there right now, but it doesn't mean your efforts and words aren't appreciated. You want to give the space to allow people to have their feelings and allow them to heal but understand that you're you're there. Let them know you're there for them. And it's hard. Everybody won't be able to go see a therapist. Everybody won't make it into my office. Everybody won't make it to see the school counselor. But it's good to know that, well, for them, it's good to know that somebody is there and knows what they're going through and cares. They might not ever have a conversation with you about their loss, but just knowing that somebody is there that cares, it it matters. And so, and like I said, in 2020, we've been surrounded by grief and death from COVID to racist deaths, where racist killings to crazy health issues, accidents. For every reason you can think of, um, people have been dying this year. And so we are grieving. And so we want to honor those who were here on this earth and share the space with us and understand that their energy can still carry you. Don't forget about their energy and say their name. And it's okay if you experience grief and understand death different than other people. Have your experience and understand that this is a part of life and your life. And it's okay to get through it the way you need to get through it. Check it out, man. I'm out here trying to live my life and it's wild nowadays we got this coronavirus we got trying to make ends meet by working and managing your career you know as a father as a businessman as a husband there's a lot of things that happen in this world to you know keep me moving and keep me motivated but a lot can be draining too and so i'm probably explaining things that might be something you can relate with or not but one thing i know Self-care is definitely a focus that we really need to hold on to in these times of stress or fear or poverty or race relations, um, whatever it is. Self-care is definitely something we need to focus on. So hopefully my show serves as a place of self-care. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this show. I really appreciated you guys listening to me trying to um, conceptualize what I feel is important related to African history. And really, it's not just for me to hear myself talk. It's really to help you guys in conversations related to black history and African history. Yo, check me out on Instagram at Blackmail Therapist. That's where you can get information about upcoming content through our company, Culture First family therapy and training services, including new trainings that and products that may be coming your way or even services. You know, we started a consultation service where people can actually go on the website, find an opening slot, pay for that slot and book an appointment with um, one of us from our company to, to get consultation related to cultural issues. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing where that service goes, you know. Yeah. Also, let me give you this tip from the therapist. You know, um, if you didn't know, the Super Bowl is coming up and it's 
the big game. But what some people don't know is that also Super Bowl Sunday is one of the biggest day, if not the biggest day of domestic violence in a, in the country. And so what happens um People get into it on the Super Bowl. Sometimes it's domestic violence through spousal abuse. Sometimes it's people that you fight with at your house because they might be getting at you out of pocket. What we do know a lot of times, alcohol or other substances are invited, are involved in those conflicts. Sometimes betting and gambling gets involved in those conflicts. And so one thing I'll say is that um, stay safe out there. If you know that somebody in your house might be doing too much every Super Bowl or every sporting event, you know, and you can't convince them to maybe slow down, it might be good for you to find something else to do if you notice an unsafe environment. Have your exit plan. Don't walk into the fight, you know. You want to walk around it if you can't avoid it, you know. Um, also, if you're that person that know you be doing too much each holiday, maybe a little bit too much of this or a little bit too much of that, this is the opportunity for you to slow down. It should be a party. There's no one else around. Um, this really no, you can't blame anybody else. This one's on you. Slow down. You don't got to do too much. Enjoy the game, but enjoy it in a way that's not going to cause any problems to you or anyone in your family. Yeah, man. What? tips from the school psychologist. Remember, you should not be fighting with your kid and holding them responsible for the pandemic. You know, it is not their fault that COVID happened. It's not your parents' fault that COVID happened. And so online school is hard, but um, you, you do want to have realistic expectations of your kids. If they struggled in real life school, then it's a high probability they're struggling online also. So you want to help them. You want to keep them encouraged. You want to keep them engaged as much as possible. But y'all shouldn't have World War III break out in your home over um, distant learning school. It's not worth it. Do your best and turn the work in. That's all you can do. Do your best turn the work in. If you have an issue, talk to the teacher. But you got to pace yourself because at some point there is going to be a time to enter back into the schools and you're going to need the energy to deal with those deficits in education, um, adjusting to be back around people again and preparing for your next stage of education, whatever that may be. So remember, pace yourself. Don't get burnt out now over distance learning. You want to do your best, turn your work in, and remember, get prepared for that battle to come. If you notice some weaknesses in your child, don't fight with them and blow them up about it. Um, Just find a way to help them improve their gap. That could be met through um, ordering different books, watching different YouTube videos, talking with other kids, going to tutoring, whatever. But use your brain, not your heart when trying to learn. You need to be patient with yourself and your child and help them improve those deficits in ways that are realistic. And um, that's it. We're out. Have a good one. Know yourself because self-knowledge is the key.